with you. Dave, How's how are going? you, my friend? Oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. Just I can see it. I can see army the crawling line. closer and closer to the finish line. How oh, are your spirits? Ourselves. Uh, fine. Fine. I don't know. Fine. Uh, I'm, you know, it's, I, it's Christmas music's hitting me hard this year. It is. Oh, in what way? It's just uh, the deep melancholy within most Christmas songs um, really speaks to me this year. I heard uh, she and him's version of I'll Be Home for Christmas and mm. fully cried. Just sure. didn't get welled up. Cried like full heaving sobs. Um, yeah, we've been we've been playing a lot of Christmas music in the house on vinyl and nearly all of it is extremely sad. Um, and it's hitting me. This is a rough year and I'm not going home. And it is, you know, makes me sad. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, we're, I mean, we're all just um, crushingly depressed, but I, there's yes. a different tenor in this household because I think we're hiding, we're running from the sadness. We're going the other direction where Michael yeah. is playing and when he's not playing, singing, I, when I tell you constantly, I mean constantly, the um, the Mariah Carey, the, 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 the what the is new the one? Sant- the, the newish one, the one that she, you know, covered again with yeah. Ariana and yeah, um, yeah. Um, Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, right. Okay. I haven't, I haven't actually heard that song. You know what? It, uh, it's good. Okay. I'll say it. It's good. I'll take your word. Uh, I'll take your word. Anyway, uh, Mateo Lane today. Mateo That's Lane today. something to look He's forward a dream. to. Uh, anything He's a dream. to hold on to in these yeah, times. Yeah, just a little bit of, a little bit of joy. Uh, another thing that is giving me a, a lot of joy. Um, this is a difficult season of The Bachelorette, I will say. Mm. It's um, the boys on it are at a, at a, a level of vulnerability we have not seen on oh. the show previously, I don't think. Um, to the degree where I'm like actually a bit worried about them. You know, um, right. and what their lives will, will look and feel like after the thing ends. They're, um, the boy who was just eliminated this week, a guy named Ben, um, is on Instagram. and uh, Ben V. Smith, Ben V.E.E. Smith. Um, and it's uh, his Instagram story is uh, over and over again to him doing uh, heavy squats. Interspersed with him um, talking into the phone and saying, I love you. It's kind of perfect. Huh. Huh. Yeah, I recommend it. I recommend it. Ben V. Smith okay. on Instagram. And he reads a little gay, I will say. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what uh, happens. They all do. I mean, they all do. The little I know of the Bachelorette universe. Yeah. Is this the same season that some, that um, someone, that she, they the had to replace left. the Bachelorette because, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She fell in love Everybody at first sight. Already. The guy walked out of the limo and she was like, that's it. Come home with me. We're finished here. Yeah. So right. somebody else had to step in. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. It's a real good one. Um, that's it. That's it. Well, uh, any, I mean, this is such old news by the time it comes out, but I, hot takes on the Tom Cruise audio. I love it. I love it. I've never you been more it. attracted to him. I think it's great. I think it's great. You know, so somebody's got to start taking this shit seriously. It was refreshing to just hear somebody fucking speak the truth forcefully. Yeah. Wear a fucking mask. Do what you got to do. You? Wear a mask. You know, I had a, I had a different reaction. I oh. do fucking hate tom cruise with okay. such a passion I, I mean mostly just be, for, you know for the obvious reasons that he is the figurehead of a, of a criminal organization that destroys families that and, is true. um that is and true. Yes. uh you know has absolutely no moral authority for me so yes I, I, the the 
the joke of like people arguing about this on Twitter is that there's some kind of implication that if you're shitting on Tom Cruise, that you disagree that everybody should be masked and distanced, which that's true. I've, that's true. I'm starting from that's my foundation. And if you mm-hmm. disagree with that, I have no, I don't even have time to engage with you, but I just, I want that message from a different messenger. I, I see. I, um, it was just for me the strangest, most righteous Jerry Maguire monologue. And it's like, yeah. you're not, the, when he screams, I'm on the phone with insurance companies. It was like full, I'm, I live in a van down by the river. And yeah, like, yeah. imagine working at an insurance company and this fucking psychopath calls you to scream about <laughs> Mission Impossible 12. And by the way, the, two, the crew members who are the ones who are ask, actually risking their lives for what we can only assume is not very much money were masked. They just were standing too close together, which of is course the deal? they shouldn't be doing. But right. also if you've ever been on a set, that's, it, it's, it's, it is almost impossible for them to maintain six feet at all times. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You're absolutely right. But I did, I did enjoy any righteous COVID anger at the end of this of year. Course. Yes. Uh, no, I, and look, there are no wrong reactions to it because it's a, yes, everything he's saying is absolutely correct. And we want to be screaming that yeah. into the, into the void. Into the, everybody into will the, listen. The mission impossible void. Um, well, folks, Mateo Lane is here. Here comes yes. Mateo Lane. Right down Mateo Lane Lane. Uh, that's right. The, the singer, uh, uh, gym enthusiast, and yes. Liza impressionist. And you can follow him on Twitch at Mateo Mariah. Uh, Mateo Lane is here. And we are back with Mateo Lane. Hello, Mateo Lane. Hi, how are you? I've personally never been better. Okay. Matt? Great. Great. Living my dream. Living the dream. You Mateo, have a, how are you? Yeah, how's it going? Um, I mean, that's a loaded question this year, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's fine. I mean, the gyms are still open, so that gives me something to do. We're not really doing shows. I mean, we're doing shows over the summer comedians because... You know, you could do rooftops and parks and amphitheaters and stuff, which I didn't realize how many amphitheaters even existed in New York. But now there's a bunch of comics who've gotten COVID and things are inside. So it's like back to sort of just like sitting around, playing Fortnite, going to the gym, twiddling my thumbs, worrying. How, how is it working? I didn't realize the gyms were open. What, what is the scene? Yeah, how on earth? Um, well, I go to Equinox, which I'm sure people listening think I'm a monster, but, um, well, Mateo Lane, thank you so much for being here. No uh, problem. Bye. Thank you so much. You. Follow me. On, um, yes, but mine, it's like, they have like, uh, it, no one's in the gym ever. And then they have like this team of people walking around with like Lady Gaga's fog machine from 2008, except it's filled with disinfectant and they just spray mm-hmm. everything and you have to wear your mask. So I don't, I'm not sure what other people's gym experiences are in New York right now. But for me, it's pretty empty. Mm-hmm. Steam you know, rooms I just open? Out. Steam oh, rooms are boy, not yeah, open. Of course. I've never been oh, in a steam room in a New York City. I've never what? been in a gym steam room. I'm t- way too fear-based. I am not like, I've never hit on anyone at the gym. I've never talked. I like, am too scared. I listen to Mariah and just sort of do my workout. You're too, but you don't even have the desire to enjoy the steam room for its functional purposes? 
No, because I'm losing my hair. And so my hair is like a sculpture. It's not like going bald. It's just starting to thin. So, and it's very curly. I have like Mediterranean hair. So I blow dry it to straighten itself. So usually I'm walking around, it's like hair sprayed within an inch of its life. So if I go in a steam room, it'll curl up and like reveal all my secrets. So I avoid it. Okay. All right. You got your reasons. I, um, I just found out the the CrossFit box that I used to go to and that I left because it got too alt-righty, got too Breitbarty, um, is now existing as an underground gym. They just have really? blacked the windows out and uh, and people are just going on like it ain't no thing because they're, they're libertarians, so they won't get sick. I mean, like when the gyms did close down for the first quarantine we had back in March, I just ordered some resistance bands and tried to eat well and... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not like that. You know, I enjoy the gym. Yeah, of course, for like narcissistic reasons. I like how I look, but it's also I have a lot of anxiety and it's nice to just sort of like focus on one thing and you feel better afterwards. It releases endorphins. Like, you know, I, I'm not that desperate to like look that hot during quarantine. It's like, well, whatever. It's like yeah. I'm doing fine. Yeah. yeah, you just need to look like, go. OK, from here to here in a box and you're fine. Pretty much. I mean, Fortnite has literally taken over my life, so I'm more concerned about getting better at that and building and editing. Okay, so. can you explain that and start at the very beginning? Yep. Sure. Um, for, do you, do y'all know what Fortnite is? I know that it's a game. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I know as well. Oh my god! I'm sorry, we're elders. I'm sorry. Back in my day, so Fortnite is a game. It's basically a Hunger Games. So, like, you play with your friends. You get in a headset. These are the headsets that I play with. That's why I look like a gay pilot. And okay. I got um, my friend. So, name drop. My best friend is Bob the Drag Queen, and Bob and his boyfriend Jacob got me addicted because during quarantine we couldn't see each other. So we were trying to find video games we could play with each other so we could hang out. So we play Smash Brothers, and Smash Brothers kind of gets old after a while, and so Bob's boyfriend Jacob was like, well, we could play Fortnite. It's like 12-year-olds play it, but basically 100 real people are dropped onto an island, a giant island, and you go and find guns and shield, and you work with each other and talk, and um, the island slowly closes in on itself, so it brings everybody together, and the last man standing wins. And it's, it's very much like chess. You can harvest wood and brick, and you can build, and it gets very complicated, but it's... What kind of chess are you playing where you harvest wood? Um, it's a Norwegian version Which, of is chess. That? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I believe okay. it. Okay. All right. Chess in the sense that, like, there's multiple ways to win. It's not just about shooting somebody. So whether you're building, whether you're sneaking, whether you're editing, you work with your team. It's just something mm-hmm. that was fun to do in quarantine, and then I became addicted, and now I play with uh, another comedian, Yamanika Saunders. Her and I play every single night still. It's like our way to hang out. So you can go, you can do a full game in an evening? You can, games go by pretty quick. They usually last anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. So you could play That's like it. eight games in a row. Yeah, they, they're pretty short. It's pretty, it's a quick fix. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even know how to get it. Well, like, is it an you, app? You can is it download a thing for a game it on system? your computer or okay. Nintendo Switch, Xbox, or PS5 gotcha. now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I really feel like my own mother saying all of this right now. <laughs> and I, I just – I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show yet, but I, I, I mentioned to her that something had gone up to the website of where I work. And she was like, do I have website? <laughs> what is website? And it's just like there's 
you have to uh, explain things from the very beginning. I had about to explain to my mother my... and about gaming to me. Apparently, <laughs> I love when um, older generations will say, "Discover how horrible the comments are on YouTube." Oh. So my aunt Cindy, one time, she came downstairs and she was like, um, "I went on YouTube to look up how to tie a tie." And the first comment was, shut up, faggot. And I thought, what does it have to do with tying a tie? <laughs> I was like, oh. yeah, you just summed up the internet within. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. The internet should just be called shut up, faggot. I mean, honestly, we'll get there. That's three moves or less. People are furious on the internet. And the internet's done nothing but try and bring joy. Really. It's got porn. It's got videos, baking. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. things you can learn from it. And people just spend their time just letting people have it. Just furious, mm-hmm. just burning off. Love the name "Shut Fury. Up Faggot." Should we yeah. change the name of this show to "Shut Up Faggot"? Yes, you do. I want ten percent. Okay, <laughs> listen. Um, you've already got it. Ten percent. Are you watching anything in quarantine? Is there no. time? I well, I watch. I primarily watch the news. I watch like I wake up sure. in the morning. I watch PBS NewsHour from the night before. I watch a lot of CBS local news. I try to steer away from MSNBC, CNN, and Fox. Fox is always fun to to chime into just to see what's happening over there. But I I find that, you know, like Fran Lebowitz put it best, right? She was like, we're not really getting the news anymore. The news isn't news. Like in the New York Times, if, if Obama went off in Afghanistan, the first three paragraphs are on a dusty road. And it, she goes, you know, mm-hmm. by paragraph three, Obama went off. The bomb is the news. The rest of it is the writer. And mm-hmm. I really clung to that. So I try and watch. It's boring, but I try and watch pretty much just basic news, local CBS or PBS NewsHour, because it's too much to watch with, like, these pundits and their attitudes and they have 24 hour news cycles, but seemingly only have three minutes to talk to people and they talk over each other and no one finishes a sentence. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Oh, it's so, and it's only there to keep you agitated and keep you tuned in. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's news porn. I mean, it's, it's feeding you, you know, and I give in, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I I'll put on the TV or like I go to, I watch a lot of YouTube and it will say like, you know, Trump won't concede. Okay, I do want to watch it, you know, just because yeah. right now it's fun. It's fun yeah. to watch him struggle. But outside of that, I, I watch pretty much the news. I haven't watched The Crown. I didn't watch Tiger King. I don't know. I didn't even watch The Mandalorian. I played Fortnite, watched the news, and I draw. Great. What are you drawing? So I used to be a storyboard artist for TV commercials and fashion illustrations. And I was also, I was a painter in Italy. I studied in School of the Artists of Chicago in Italy. So I worked for about eight years illustrating TV commercials. And now I just draw for fun. So I have an iPad Pro and I just will have the news on and sit and draw. Like if you go to my Instagram, half of it's my ass. But most of it is just my drawings, all of my artwork. It's all art. Yes, kind (laughs) of. Um, what are you, okay. On the YouTube, Mm -hmm. uh, subject, are you, did you watch the Jake Paul fight? I guess is the question. No, I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. I wouldn't have either, but there was like a comedy pre-show that I was a part of. And, and so I, so I knew about it and it apparently he like nearly killed the guy. Um, are you like, are there YouTubers who you, who you watch and check in with, or is that not your YouTube content? Um, there's, I'm so embarrassed to say this. 
I love um, this guy named Postbox Pat. He is a Fortnite YouTuber. He just updates uh-huh. you on Fortnite. I'm not so uh-huh. interested. Like, I like Lily Singh, but I'm, we're also working sure. on something together. I know Tyler Oakley, who's great, but I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I haven't, I'm not the right age group to fall in and watch YouTubers, like the high edited videos, the, it just, it, sometimes it just feels like it's a 14 year old with great hair screaming at me. And I, I, I'm too old. Like I'm just yeah. too old. Um, yeah. I can't handle it. I can't, the makeup artists and that's just, I've just, I've, I've gotten to a point where I'm too old and I don't care anymore. I'm like, I'd, I'd rather sit and watch Maria Callas videos again or sure. Judy Garland interviews again. Uh, you know, yes. I'm like, I can't handle just, I just can't, you know, I got this box, this box. Hey, if you guys want to subscribe, I just, hey it's guys. too much. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Too much. I'm with you. Uh, for us, it's old episodes of Top of the Pops from the 80s. <laughs> Top of the Pops. That's so funny. Yep. They, there was a lot of controversy with Top of the Pops because I think a lot of singers were required to lip sync on Top of the mm-hmm. Pops. Mm-hmm. But then Almost there always. were certain singers who didn't. So obviously someone like Mariah in the early 90s didn't lip sync. Uh, this is strange. That used to that show was definitely like if you did Top of the Pops, like you, you've made it in Europe. Right. Like, that's right. it. Does it still exist, Top of the Pops? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It went off. I don't know. Well, I know its last number one was Hips Don't Lie. So whenever that was, it went off the Was air. that Shakira? That was Shakira, Shakira. Oh, baby, talk like that. You <laughs> That's know. the one. I find it That's interesting that singers with really peculiar voices. So she's got a fine voice, but like, yeah. it's, oh, but yeah. she'll, she'll make it. <laughs> yeah, of Great. course. Yeah, and it, and it's lucky that her breasts are small and humble, so you don't confuse them with mountains. I feel My like that was a Spanish translation that did not quite make it to English. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, yeah," or it got even better when you translated it, <laughs> kind in, of in the very wrong way. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I, I at the last uh, maybe two years ago at Just for Laughs, uh, I saw you do um, "Don't Think So, show? Honey." Oh, I don't think so. With Matt Bowen. Yes. Uh, yeah. Matt and Bowen. Yeah. 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 And I'm. Tr- no, was it Matt and. It was Matt, it was and, Matt Bowen. and Bowen. Matt and, and David, and, I think. And Bowen might have been on the show and maybe Joel Kim Booster, too. I don't remember. Or maybe we all yeah. had dinner afterwards. I don't remember. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry. Go on. I was just trying to remember what diva you took on. Probably Mariah. It was probably Mariah. I'm and that huge. was your I do think so or your I don't think so. Well, it bo- I think I picked her for both. Oh. I mean, I, I'm a huge Mariah Carey fan, but mm-hmm. I've, I've had my um, moments with her. And obviously, as a comedian, like there's a lot of jokes there. But all in all, I think she's really pulled through and I'm back on her side as a, as a lamb. Too. But I think I probably, I don't think so. Or maybe I went after Lindsay Lohan. She's a real fun one to get into just the whole lohan family is fascinates me yeah what is your top mariah track i know that's difficult let's let's say three um okay some of this is it's all going to be very unexpected i think i listened to her version of the first noel more than anyone meant more than any of her songs um it's from her second christmas album merry christmas to you and I also like, I just love Emancipation of Mimi. Like, I love the song, Your Song, Joyride, Mine Again. Um, I guess out of her 19 number one hits, 
I, I mean, obviously emotions. Um, I don't, she's had a really a great amount of, always be my baby. I have a lot of memories with it. Reminds me of when I used to go to Italy when I was younger. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard pick. It's hard to pin down. It's hard to pin down. She's good. Did you guys read her book? No. No, I th- I've read ex- excerpts. Sounds great. Did you read it? I did. I read it because I was doing a podcast, of course, another podcast, specifically about celebrity memoirs. And so they sent me Mariah's, so I saved a couple of bucks. And uh, it was good. It was more, a couple of things I found interesting about it was that she talked far more about songwriting than she did her actual voice, which I think was her trying to prove a point, which is like, everyone knows me for my voice, but I write all my own music. That, mm-hmm. I'm a singer, and I was, I want to know, like, how... Because you don't just wake up with that voice. I mean, she was obviously naturally gifted, but to do the complexities and those embellishments and the whistle register and her passaggio and all these things that she can do, it requires a great amount of skill and also requires a great amount of work. She never once talked about it. Well, she said one sentence where she was like, I used to harmonize into the heavens with Minnie Ripperton. I'm like, bitch, that is not, no voice teacher could can, can, can stand by that. But um it was interesting because she talked mainly about her struggles with being biracial and what that brought onto her family, what that was like growing up and the sort of finding her own identity and, and as someone who is biracial, what that means to her. I found that very interesting. I, I, I likened it a lot to my mom and her sisters. It had a lot of parents. My mom and sisters are her, their, her brothers and sisters are all uh, Mexican and Italian. So some looked Mexican, some looked white. And you sort of got that. You, it was a lot of echoing about people who are sort of mixed race growing up and what that means. And just like the being estranged from their father and the difficulties with their mother. And I didn't know that she had so many issues with her mom. I mean, she, if I was her mother, I would like never speak to Mariah again. But, <laughs> but, like, who but knows? they're still OK. I th- but the siblings are the ones she's estranged from. I the think, siblings right? she's been estranged from for a long time. I knew yeah. she had issues with her sister, Allison. I had no idea about her brother. I mean, her, I saw one interview with her brother where he seemed normal and was saying that Mariah Carey was, he was accusing his sister of being an alcoholic and enabled by people around her all the time. And I even spoke on a podcast or radio show once saying, oh, he seemed like a pretty down to earth guy. But then I read this book and I was like, oh, he was also trying to use her. There's a lot of victimization, mm-hmm. but I think genuinely, generally speaking, like she's warranted in, in, in her struggles. But once you get to the glitter era, there was a lot of holes in the story. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this seems like her appearance on TRL with, you know, Carson Daly and, and then the sort of fight at her mother's house and how she ended up in a hospital. I'm like, there, there seemed to be like a lot of missing pieces to this. So that would be my only complaint. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was the, was that infamous uh, Carson Daly moment in, in during your reign, Dave, or it yeah, was, Dave, yeah. you must've been there during that time. I, you know what, that, that was during like the 10 day period where I was a little jaded and, uh, and like when big artists would come in, it was always a huge deal. And it was like only certain people could be in the studio. And it was like, everyone, everyone was like too tense to enjoy themselves. And I didn't have anything to do in the show that day. So I was just like, I'm just going to go home. Like I filmed Mm -hmm. something in the morning and then I was just like, eh, Mariah Carey, who cares? I'm going to go home. (laughs) And then I turned it on and she like has a full tornado meltdown. I know, with a fucking ice cream sandwich off. cart. Yeah, she tried and, to play it uh, off like it was a fun moment. I was like, girl. Yeah, no, no. That was the the the, the studio was all a buzz the next day for sure. I have a question for you because I remember watching you on 
MTV. And that was when TRL was really, I mean, it was just the biggest show. And so y'all right. had so many different artists coming through yeah. and a lot who are still huge today. But I just do, just in terms of like the divas, the Britneys, the Christinas, the Beyonce's, the Mariah's, Madonna's, mm -hmm. what were some of the impressions you got from them? And did you have any lasting impression? Like I, this is unexpected or wow, this really turned me off. Um, honestly, the the divas were all like children mm. kind of in my in my era. I mean there was Mariah and stuff and I I don't I don't think I ever met her. I guess I met Jennifer Lopez kind of early and she seemed friendly, but the rest were like we're literal teenagers and I was, Kid. you know, 27 yeah. 28. So so we would have our interactions 100% on camera and then that was kind of that. Right. I had coworkers who were like who who really tried to make friends with them and were, mm. you know, kind of, you know, hey, I went to Jamie Lynn Sigler's birthday party and it's like, oh, cool. She's 14 12. and you're <laughs> you're 30. So, well, like, Christina you're literally bragging Carson about Daly, being at a... she? Or was that Tara Reid? Tara Reid. That was Tara Reid. Yeah. That was Tara Reid. Yeah. Christina they, and Dave had famously had beef and still hate each other. Yeah, no, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> really? There is a bit of a story, but I don't want to be a dick. We're, I oh, would oh, love to hear the story. Oh, yeah, I'm so, I we'll, thought you uh, told it on this show before. I'm sorry, Dave. I don't think we'll, so. We'll I don't think so. What's no, the no, 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 no. version of this story? Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> fine. You want it? I do. No. No. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, this is this is rude, but fuck it. Um, okay. So what we listen. All right. So RCA Records, right, um, had, before her first record came out, had, had like, functions for her, right, where she, where they would, you know, put her down at a piano with a piano player, and there would be, like, a couple dozen, like, local media people there and whatever, and she would sing a couple songs, and they'd play the... the uh, the electronic press kit and whatever, and then she'd kind of work the room and whatever. They were, they were kind of, you know, getting you acquainted to Christina Aguilera, who was mm -hmm. launching that summer. This was 99, I guess. So the New York one, it was like some local radio people and then a handful of us from MTV. And she comes out and she sings at last at the piano and she does what Christina does and whatever. And, uh, and, and I was... You know, I, I will say that kind of singing does exhaust me immediately. Right. Like when it's Just, all runs ah! all the time. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, and when you're pointing at all the notes that you're that. hitting, yeah. it really, it, it immediately makes me drowsy. So, um, but obviously wildly talented and, and beautiful and, and all that. So right. afterwards she works the room and, and she comes by our table and she's like, you know, you guys, my, you know, my video's coming out in three weeks and then the album comes out a month after that and I'm going to be all over your network. And I was like, great, awesome, good to hear it, good luck, you know, and I'll see you, I guess I'll see you, whatever. So then that summer was the summer we were in the Bahamas for like the, the beach house was in the Bahamas and we were fully divorced from what was going on in the mainland. We got no, whatever. Um, this is, you know, there was one like computer that had a dial up connection, but other than that. We didn't know what was going on in the real world. But that summer, the, the single comes out and it goes to number one and the album comes out and it goes to number one. And then my first order of business on returning uh, to the studio in late August or early September was like a VMA's preview special with her. So I, I get to the studio. I like go to the makeup room. I say hello to the makeup people who I haven't seen in three months. And, and Christina's scowling at me. 
And I'm like, oh, this is weird. So, so then she goes, uh, good. I've been meaning to talk to you. I said, oh, okay. And she like sent the makeup women out of the room, which is weird because oh. it's their room. She closes oh. the door and uh, she goes, do you remember meeting me? And I say, yeah, I do. Yeah, it was at the thing at the Four Seasons or whatever. And she goes, do you remember what you said to me? And I said, I don't. And she said, well, I said, I, you know, my album's coming out and I'm going to be all of your network. And you said, good luck. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I was wishing you luck. Like, yeah. I was actually saying good luck. I wasn't saying, like, I, I, that, that was not the intention. And she said, well, you know, you said what you said and look where we are. I think you owe me an apology. And we sat there for a long time and I was like, I literally was wishing you good luck. Right. Because you never know. So I, I was wishing you good luck. And and so then I kind of opened the door and the makeup women came back in. And then we literally spent the rest of the day in a horse-drawn carriage going around Central Park for a VMA special. <laughs> it was very strange. So first of all, I know that makeup room because I used to be on a bunch of MTV shows. And I oh, yeah? have been in that studio where TRL was in the makeup mm -hmm. room. And so mm -hmm. I'm like imagining mm -hmm. exactly. And I probably know what's the makeup artist hair with the really curly blonde hair. She's been there forever. Elisa? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. she, she must have been. Um, yeah, she was one of them for sure. I, I would, this is what I would say about Christina. I think that's very telling of Christina because I think oh, well, a, yeah. cu a couple of things. Christina was a reaction to Britney, even though they came out at the same time. Yeah. Britney was sort of the dancer, pop singer. Christina was the singer, you know, right. maybe like bad girl, whatever. But there, there, there is a sense with Christina Aguilera that there is um, – she just seems a little tougher than Britney. And, and that's oh, yeah. not a bad thing. I think Whitney has been too, and so is Barbara and stuff. But to corner a professional in a makeup room that is not your studio yeah. is wildly inappropriate. Wild. That being said, she was 18. I forgive her. You know, that's she the thing. young. I forgive yeah. her. But that is truly wild. Because I'll bet you, not that it makes a difference, I'll bet you Mariah or Britney would not do that. No, of course yeah. not. Right. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. And it's like, and I, that's why I feel bad about saying it because she was, you know, a child and under a great deal of pressure and probably very, very but tired. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just no, that's very anything. telling of somebody to, when you say, no, I was wishing you good luck for her to harbor that for so long. And then uh, to during, come at you, it's like, oh, this is, you see. During the, the most world. exciting part of your life, mm -hmm. you know, the launch of your career, there's mm -hmm. so much going on. Yeah. That, that is a, it is indeed a very telling thing. And then, oh, and then. It, the day culminated in her being on TRL and I was out in Times Square. And then when I came back in, she was like, there were more people out there than on a usual day. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like how my, how my, how many more, like by percentage, like how many more and like, like what percentage of people had signs for me and whatever. It was just, it was clear. Like I would have oh, I would have said back, well, not as much as Madonna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what, and then, what and then say, I don't know. She wanted you to I say was like, yeah, there Britney. There were a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah probably. And then well, you know, the and then she too. got the. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say she got the Grammy, and even in her acceptance speech, speech, she was like, "I can't believe you guys went for talent." Like I had so many fewer songs out shade. when she won like Best New Artist or whatever. Sort of I was like, okay. Shade. I thought you were going to say she said, uh, "Dave Holmes from MTV." If you're watching, yeah, this, look where I am. You. 
Yeah. Well, Still owe me an apology, it. bitch. What I'm about to say is an incredibly unfair statement and comment to make about Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. But just I, I will just say from that was my generation. I was 13 or 12 years old when they came out. Mm-hmm. It was the hate. You know, it's like that was just my era. And for whatever reason, whether you like it or not, it was Britney versus Christina. I mean, the same that it was Whitney versus Mariah, it was Patty versus Aretha, it was, you know, these mm-hmm. sort of women being pitted against each other, which I don't like, but I do love, you know, whatever. Mariah's doing a duet with Ariana now. Britney and Christina were compared to each other. For whatever reason, if we're comparing the two, even though they're two separate artists, America picked Britney. They just did. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Christina, that being said, won Grammys, huge success. She's a huge star. But I think in the back of her mind, she felt like it had to be a competition with Britney. And I don't think Britney necessarily had the same mentality towards Christina. It reminds me a little bit of like Chicago versus New York. Like when I was living in Chicago, which is where I'm from, we always talked about, well, New York doesn't have this or we're in New York. Blah, blah. I'm living in New York. No one talks about Chicago. I don't yeah. hear a single person talking about Chicago. So I wonder if it's a, at that time, I wonder if it's a little like that. Cause obviously Brittany <laughs> had a split in her career Jeez. and Christina's, you know, still killing it, performing and a judge on the, the voice. And I think she's great, but it just, at that time, it was like Brittany, Christina, Brittany, Christina. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I think America just, they just picked Brittany. I don't know. She just right. was more likable. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell, you could tell that Christina was like, a little, I don't know, a little angry, a little, little pricklier. Right. Although I will say Christina's album Stripped is one of the best albums. I love that album. I mean, I think it yeah. was a great music collaboration with producers. I think her voice never sounded better. Um, I, this is a controversial statement. I don't like the song Dirty. But uh, I think there's just a lot of great songs. I think it's just a great album. I, I think Christina is searching for a comeback and, she was sort of slighted after her Lady Gaga comparisons and that album was come, a bionic woman or whatever. Yeah. Bionic, Bionica. bionic. It didn't do well. And I think because people were like, oh, she's copying Gaga and they picked Gaga. And I think Christina was mad about that. I just, you know, she's, I think she just needs to like sit with Max Martin and let him write her music. And then she sings because she sort of writes and picks obscure music. And I'm like, I don't know if she's looking for a popular comeback, but. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going off, but I do like Christina a lot. I just, she's, that she has made choices that I'm like, I don't know if that was the best choice. I get it. When I am running and my energy is flagging and I need a song to, to get the wind at my back, I will go for a Christina Aguilera song over. Oh, come on over. Oh, I'm coming over. Sure. Dirty. Ain't no other man. When those red, Low lights were in her blonde hair. That was oh, that, that changed my life. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. And you know, favorite. when I'm looking, when I'm looking for an amazing gif, I don't look to Brittany. I look to Christina sitting at that keyboard and just that clicking the hell out keyboard. of her mouse. Oh, it's being so all saucy about it. Yeah, she did a master class. You have to watch the preview on YouTube because, as great of a, a singer as she is, I don't know that she's necessarily a great teacher. Right. And so there's these moments where she's trying to like. You know, I did years of singing opera and learning how to breathe and do all this. And Christina was trying to teach like a high note. And she's like, if you're going to sing a high note, you know, Ave Maria. So if the Ave Maria, if the Maria is the high note you want to go for, just think like Ave up. Just the, the note before the note. Think if you can get that note, then you're going to get that note. Ave up. I'm like, maybe like focus on 
breath support so that they're <laughs> like something simple, like a. <laughs> then you just sort of like vocalizing on Ave Maria, singing it in a way like, what is this? <laughs> so her her advice as a vocal teacher is sing well. Is yeah, yeah. exactly right. She did that on okay. the voice once. This girl was singing. She's like, I liked those like little dips, like ah, but I was really missing that. I was like, oh, just hit a high E above a high C. Sure, Christina. We all can just do that. We all have whistle tones. We all can just yeah. like, what is this advice? You just, you just want to let us know you're a better singer than us. We yeah. got it. Of course. Yeah. yeah. She's, not a, she's not shy. What are the divas you are listening to now? Who are the up and comers we should be? I don't, I'm not Can making, I have a tattoo of Maria Callas on my arm. Okay. And I have a Barbara Streisand book next to me. I mean, it's like, I go for the greats. I mean, I'm, uh -huh. I'm a huge, I like Sarah Vaughn. I like, um, there's a great jazz singer named Cleo Lane, uh, uh -huh. who's got a four and a half octave vocal range, which is almost the same as Mariah's, but uses it very differently. She's a jazz singer. Um, I like a lot of, I mean, I listen to Mariah, Young Whitney. I, I go for like the, I, I think today music is heavily focused on producers, heavily focused. Mm -hmm. Everything sort of sounds the same. That's also just me being old, but there's no real, there's like, I would say Adele and Jennifer Hudson and, and Ariana are probably the last of like the great, vocalists and they're not even ariana for as good of a as a vocalist that she is doesn't seem to be the set like when mariah and whitney and celine in the 90s it was all about the voice it was all about everything was to to amplify the voice how great the voice was you know celine and you know just like it was it was all about the voice and ariana has that kind of voice but she's still, it's like heavy in pop music and it just is, it's just a different time, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't really listen to a lot of young singers. You mentioned mm -hmm. Judy Garland. I would love to get your take as a, I'm assuming Judy fan and mm -hmm. as a singer of Renee in the Judy movie. Um, I thought that the movie was pretty average, but her acting was incredible. And especially Judy Garland at that time, the late sixties, the, the weight loss, the, the drug problems, the, she did a great, she had such a incredible balance that she had to do because Judy is naturally camp. You see mm -hmm. her on the Judy Garland show and she, you know, she didn't say show Judy Garland would spell show S H E U X. You know, I mean, she was just this like, just this over-the-top exaggerated woman that being said i think as a as an acting job she did a great job the singing i appreciate that she did the singing um after a few songs i was allowed to i was like okay mateo it's not judy's voice just get yeah. into it but i think the mistake they made is judy garland's voice is just so iconic just so iconic renee's singing it I wish that they just dubbed Judy's voice in. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. you're waiting for that like heavy vibrato, the shy, you know, and that you just didn't get it. It was auto tuned, which already like makes the voice sound colder than it is. 
I thought it was I thought it was a good movie. I think I think she did a phenomenal job at the acting. I was laughing really hard because I saw it in Chelsea, so it was a bunch of queens and old people in the theater. And there was a scene where did you guys see the movie? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so there's a scene where Judy's on the phone with spoiler. There's a scene where Judy dies. Uh, she's a scene where she's on the phone with Lorna, her daughter, which is, I've always made jokes about Lorna, but everyone has. Oh, poor and Lorna. Judy says like, "I love you," and then Lorna didn't respond. And then when Lorna didn't respond, one of the gays in the back of the theater screams, we picked Liza anyways. I was like, all right, this <laughs> oh, is a movie. This oh, scene God. didn't happen. We'll grow up. But I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of fascinated by Judy Garland, but even more fascinated by Liza Minnelli, who I do a, a perfect impression of. But Eliza is like so hauntingly like her mother. When you yeah. watch a young Liza Minnelli, you just let's just watch five videos of Judy Garland and then put, watch a video of Liza singing cabaret. It is haunting how much she's like her mother it, it makes a lot of sense that she was the you know lauren is just as much judy's daughter as liza but we picked liza we're like no you're you look like your mother you sound like your mother you're judy's daughter so that's an interesting mm-hmm. relationship but well i don't want to treat you like a clown but if if the inspiration strike should strike before we finish and you want to do the liza i would be thrilled sure this is my favorite Okay. made up Liza quote uh, and it helps because I look like Liza um, <laughs> I, I'll never forget the first thing that my mother said to me she said Liza call an ambulance <laughs> <laughs> we wow. have um, we have reached back to Liza with a Z numerous times during this, this difficult year no just me and my partner in our home because we have it on DVD. And it's fucking perfect. Oh, it's great. It's great. wild as hell. Yeah. Like the the filthy, dirty, fossy choreography. Yeah. The wild like it's just, it's 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 a it's a thing of beauty. Liza really is. to me because her father was Vincent Minnelli and then her mother was Judy Garland, so it's all this good creative DNA. And she really seemed kind of like a vessel for other creatives to inject into her, mm-hmm. like Fosse teaching her how to dance and, you know, her father t- giving her her look and the eyelashes. Of it. You know, it was like she was a little bit of this like Frankenstein monster of what people around her made because she was so able to step up to play. I mean, she could sing so well. She could dance so well. She could act so well. And then she obviously took a lot from her mother. She's a really interesting person, Liza Minnelli. I think, I mean, I'm more of, I like Barbara Streisand just as a singer better, but I'm far more interested in Liza because it's like, even though she's in her early hundreds, she still acts like she's like the young kid. Mm. You know, you watch her on interviews and like, a couple of years ago, she was on Larry King, which those two together, but you know, he was like, oh, you're touring. She's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hoofer. I, I <laughs> jazz. And my mama said, I called Sammy Davis Jr. uncle. I'm like, girl, you're like 72. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not 12 anymore, you know, but she's, she lives in that fantasy. And I yeah. think I kind of, it's, even though it's really unhealthy, I enjoy sort of being in that fantasy with her, you know? Yeah. yeah what's not to like? I, I'm now forgetting uh, her husband is no longer with us, right? David Guest, who they David, were married like to a year and a half, and then yeah, is he divorced. no longer with us? He died. 
I was just wondering if we could get him on the show, but I guess not. Yeah. I'm sure his agent would still take your call. <laughs> yeah. We know um, mediums. Yes. Mateo, what's happening in your love life or in the dating realm at the moment, if anything? Well, um, everything and nothing. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. I think quarantine has been a strange time because when you were when we first were quarantined all of a sudden we were just making the the amount of promises i made to people just across the world (laughs) (laughs) um uh, yeah i would say i am um i'm desperately in love with somebody and we can't get to each other that's what i would say so i'm sort of like figuring it out Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you do. In the meantime, are you on the apps? Are you as out there as you can be in a pandemic? I, I mean, I'm just not so interested right now in like, there's nowhere to date and fucking. And I mean, there's like, it's, I, I wish it was more, I wish I had more of an answer for you. Like, yeah, I'm fucking this guy and chatting with this guy. I'm on Grindr and I'm doing the thing. And it's, it's more so like now... I'm not like, you know, I'm, it's, I'm trying to figure out. So the guy, you know, my, the guy that I'm talking about, we've just been on and off forever, but he lives in another country. So we can't get to each other. So like, there's this sadness of not being able to actually see one another and there's no way to get to to each other that that, for the whole year, we've not been able to get to each other. So it's, yeah. And then go on and off of like, well, then we're not going to date. Okay. Then we're not going to date, Well, we should date. Well, we're not going to date. It's very, I mean, it it fits very much in my life. I'm this, you know, like over the top, gay, dramatic, Mediterranean, like love is sort of where I settle in my love life. Nothing's easy. (laughs) Did you have a period with him where it was easy, where you were in in the same place and you were able to fully do the thing? We've had moments where we're with each other for a couple of weeks because of either like a vacation or I did a cruise a year ago and I brought him on the cruise with me. So we got to be with each other, you know. But it was mainly me going and visiting once a month for a long time. Just like, okay, I'm going to take seven days off and go for these seven days. But, I, I mean, I liked it. Like, I, I also like Europe. Like, I lived in Italy for a long time. I speak Italian. I speak Spanish, too, but it sounds Italian. Like, I sound like Mario and Luigi speak Spanish. Um, uh, so, I like... I enjoy going to Europe. I don't, it's an eight hour flight, six hour flight from New York. It's easy. And, um, but yeah, it's been weird. Cause usually I either visit friends or family in Italy or I would go see him or whatever. Like I have a whole life in Europe and just ha- not having access to that life has been super weird. I'm sure other people who have families who live in other countries are going through the same thing. Right. But anyway, and the idea of Mexico, yeah. <laughs> we can, we can enter it. It's like, Mexico's like, sure, come on in. Now, are you, yeah, that, well, of course. Yeah, we're not, we're not allowed. Is <laughs> traveling a thing you will do during this time? I have not left New York City once since mm-hmm. March. And, yeah. that, and that's not like me. I mean, I'm diamond status, medallion on Delta. I fly every single week. I'm on tour. I'm doing shows. I'm filming the, like, always in the air. Have not been on a plane since March. Just haven't. And it's crazy. I do, I will have to say though, I saw someone sent me a clip of me. I don't really watch things that I've done like stand up or podcasts or whatever. 
in the past, but someone sent me a clip and it was of me in January, maybe in January, on my friend Giulio Gallarotti's show. And I looked exhausted. I looked yeah. 10 years older than I do now, huge bags under my eyes, not good color in my skin. I was like, oh, I was overworked. I was completely and utterly overworked, doing three shows a night in New York, getting on planes Thursday, being in other cities, flying airports. I was exhausted. So the one positive thing about this quarantine is someone who lives a life like this, especially comedians, which is not an easy life. Um, I look well rested. <laughs> you do? <laughs> I, I mean, I got Botox also, but it was like, I, I just... I just looked exhausted. So I was, I, I feel like, okay, I've, at least I'm taking care of myself and hydrating myself. Right. You are glowing. Thank you. I have more. I'm St. Peter is basically lighting me right now. I've like <laughs> hired Mariah Carey's staff to come in here and light me. <laughs> it's working. What was dating like before this guy we're talking about came along? Well, that, so I, had one boyfriend when I was 22 and we broke up and I just was so like, I'll show him kind of attitude. And for seven years, I mean, I, I, I got a drawing job. I moved, I got a job drawing in New York city and every single night I would do stand up comedy. I would do open mics. I did not date. I did not drink. I did not go out. I did not dance. I did not party. I just, did comedy Friday night open mic Saturday night open mic Sunday only hang out with comedians only talk comedy only watch only write I just was so driven like I the tiger I just didn't care about anything else and so once that once I got a foundation in comedy where it allowed a certain amount of success I wasn't worried about getting shows anymore or proving myself for stage time I started to relax and the only person in New York City, there was a few that I would like on and off date, but there was one guy in particular that we, the, like the first few weeks I moved to New York, we met up and we were, we were literally on and off for like seven and a half years and then ended up just becoming really good friends. Killed himself in February. So oh I, that was the start of my year. So I've not Jesus. had the greatest dating experience. I have a lot of flirtation. I do a lot of Instagram flirting. Um, I've had a few one night stands, but there's been a few very small circle of people in my life that I've dated and some of them have just become really good friends. Um, outside of that, it's not been like a, and then I don't know what to do when I date. Like I, the times that I've been single and I date somebody, they seem very domesticated to me and I'm just not used to that life. I'm just not used to it. So meaning they're ready to like jump into a domesticated like, sure, pattern yeah. with you. Yeah. And I don't know how to adjust like the, the simplicity of love and dating and what that means to somebody instills a huge amount of anxiety in me and fear. And that is my fault because I've spent so many years being alone and not wanting to date and not sabotage my career and not distract me from my career that I've become career focused and I've dated the career and I'm more focused on the career. And so I would say the first person to knock the career out of my mind was my guy, the one who lives in mm. cross over this, over the pond. And, 
yeah, that was like the first time I felt love. Like Michael Corleone talks about in The Godfather, if you've ever read the book, when he met Apollonia, that he was hit by a thunderbolt. I mean, it's, I'm still struck by that. And I've not been able to let that go. So it's just, I'm just, I'm kind of a mess, to tell you the truth. Like, I, I just have a lot of anxiety. But I don't know how to date. Like, I don't know how to normal date. I don't go out and, I don't drink, really. I mean, I've had one, last drink I had was in November. So, like, I don't know how to, I just don't know. I don't, it's, it's like, not that there's a stereotypical gay life and that I have to live it, but there is a kind of sense of, like, you're a gay in New York and you do these things or go to these places or whatever. Yeah. Do, you know, let's have fun. Let's do Molly and go to a club. And this, I just don't do it. I would rather sit at a diner and talk about Judy Garland. Yeah, because when you said, uh, I'll show him after that breakup, I'm, I immediately thought we were going into, so then I'm like, I'm out every night. I'm fucking a, a ton of guys. I'm partying all the time. But you no. the complete opposite. Complete opposite. I'm a workaholic is what I am. But well, if somebody there are does. other workaholics out there, other, other guys who want to sit in a diner and talk about Judy Garland. That's yeah. true. That's true. Now, I and if you I've, are oh, sorry, go ahead, one of Dave. those people, what is your Instagram account? And will you tell us your Instagram name as Liza it's, Minnelli? It's oh uh, yes, I'm uh, I'm so excited. Uh, my Instagram is <laughs> Mateo Lane. <laughs> it's just my name, Mateo Lane. Oh, okay. M a t t e o l a n e. That's it. Mm, okay. <laughs> I know, and I, my, the pictures I post certainly paint a different story than the one I just told, but I'm just also <laughs> desperate for attention, so here we are. <laughs> sure. It's your outlet. Mm-hmm. Use it. You keep the DMs open when this episode comes out. Prepare to get flooded. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Mateo, thank you so much for doing this. Sure, thanks yeah, for having thank me. This you. is a lot of fun. Dave, I know yeah. we've met before, uh-huh. maybe a couple years ago. I don't remember yeah, where. Yeah, uh, uh, at that uh the I don't just for laughs that we were talking just, about oh, no, it's just for laughs that's yeah. right yeah that is right yeah. everything is a blur everything is a <laughs> complete blur i just know that we've met each other so uh-huh. it's it's nice to re-meet both of you and converse with y'all but yeah and we will do it in person in a new world i hope so that'd be great thank you mateo mateo thanks thank y'all Well, Matt, we've come to the end of another episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Thank you for being here with me, giving me a reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T. Mm-hmm. Our, our producer, thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf. Uh-huh. Thank um, you, Ben Wise, for the music. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, Tell a friend. Leave a review. We love you. Mm -hmm.